Are you between the ages of 18 and 29? Or are you a member of the church who's interested in feeding into the life of someone between the ages of 18 and 29? How do we connect young adults to faith? That's the question we're asking over the next couple weeks in this Care Ministries podcast series on ministering to young adults. We'll be joined by David Wildman, as well as several other guests as we explore this question. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. And uh, I'm Gene Beckner. I'm the care pastor here. And uh, excited. We're doing something a little different today uh, for the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, we have a guest with us. But before that, Josh Masters, who's associate care pastor, is with us. Hello, everyone. And as well as Doug Wildman, who is our other associate care pastor. Hey there. And we have a guest here today. Uh who actually has the last same last name as Doug, but they are not related, correct? He's a copycat. He's a copycat. All right. They're so probably related like somewhere, somewhere down the line. Yeah, okay. Somewhere. We all are, right? So we have David Wildman here. David, you want to let everybody know? Hello. And um, David is, um, you're an intern, right? Is that yeah. your official title? So official, yeah. So you are the intern for the Young Adults Ministry at Brookwood. Yes. Okay. And that entails the ages of 18 to 29. Yes. Okay. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to we're going to get to know uh, David a little bit. We're going to um, kind of uh, really educate us all about what the ministry's like, uh, a little bit about himself, and then um, after this time, uh, we're going to actually have a panel where we're going to interview some folks and um, who are in that age range who are going to give us some perspective because. We're not in that age. And they might give us some range. tips on podcasting. Yes, they yeah, could give they, us some good ideas. They could make us better. <laughs> or how to do yeah. They're probably going to tell us to shorten it, yeah. um, which is good. But, um, but David, thanks for being here. Thanks for taking some time out. And um, we're excited that you're here and that we get to do this. So as we would probably do with any guest, um, tell us about who you are. Because so, some of the folks here may not know you. And um, So anything you want to share uh, about who you are and kind of how you got here? Yeah, uh, David Wildman, obviously, uh, come from Indiana, uh, moved down to South Carolina um, about four and a half years ago, um, been doing ministry full-time for nine years now. Eight of that has been with uh, Outdoor Adventure Ministries, so nonprofits, just uh, with a heavy emphasis on uh, discipleship, so using mountain biking, hiking, Anything outdoors, just to, to get to know people, speak into them, build into their relationship with, in their walk with Jesus. Um, and then youngest of five. So, oh, me too. All right. all right. So we got cool. one brother and three sisters. So. Oh, my gosh. Me too. This is crazy. <laughs> and my sister lived in Indiana. Oh, my gosh. Sure Are you sure you're not one of the brothers that you lost track of? Brother, maybe I'm uh, one of six and not yeah. one of five here. I've always been told I was adopted. So anyway, that's what they do to the young. Secrets of Indiana. <laughs> all four of my siblings told me that growing up all the so time. So didn't mind. That must be the youngest kid syndrome where you get picked on by everyone. Next week on the Secrets <laughs> of Indiana. <laughs> Yes, uh, Indiana, great state. Uh, my wife and I actually knew each other growing up, so a little backstory on that. Um, 
but we never talked to each other. Oh, wow. We hung out. We families interacted. She was a good friend of my sister, and it wasn't until after college that I actually asked her out on a date. So, oh wow, um, which I told her probably the best that that happened because <laughs> if it happened in high school, we wouldn't be married <laughs> right now. <laughs> Like a lot of people can relate to that one. (laughs) So how'd you move from the outdoor ministry to Brookwood? Yes. Uh, So, yeah, that's a a funny story, and I'll keep it short. Uh, Gary McKay, who was heading up uh, men's ministry at Brookwood, um, I, I got an email from Brookwood that said, we're looking for any men willing to come be a part of the men's ministry leadership team. And I instantly, when I saw that email, I was like, well, there's an opening. God wants me to walk through this opening, and uh, this is how I'm going to get involved at Brookwood. When, And so I showed up to the meeting and walked in, and instantly it was like all, every single one of them turned around and looked at me and were like, oh. <gasps> A young adult showed up. <laughs> I was like, whoa, hold on one second. I'm not a young adult. I'm 30, 30, what would I have been then? 34 at that time. Uh, but, but compared Gary, to the rest of the yeah, room. Compared yeah. to the rest yeah. of them that were, yeah. I think the next youngest person to me was like mid 40s. Mm, yeah. So not too far off. But anyway, so Gary was like, you have to be the person that helps us bring in the young adults to men's ministry. And so mm. I was like, okay, well. Long story short, we had a lot of conversations, and one thing led to the other, and I, I started saying, I don't think this is a men's ministry problem. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't think men's ministry is the only issue here that people are, young adults are struggling to come and be a part of things. And that one question led me to Mark Taylor, and he, Mark Taylor and I had a bunch of conversations over coffee, and finally one day I was just like, I, I guess I'll be the willing victim to do this if you want me to. <laughs> and so, long, yeah, so we've been doing it, young adults here at Brookwood, for almost a year now, awesome. coming up in October. So it's it's just flown by, and it's been an awesome journey getting to know all the young adults here and the staff and just being here every day with them and working with you guys has just been been amazing. So, but it was a little bit of a change from working at my home and coffee shops to now I'm back in the structured world of an office. Yeah, but you're <laughs> doing they, such a great job. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, thank we you. want you to know everybody sees how hard you're working and you are thank here you. all the time yeah. and you've put so much effort and thought into this. You're you're really doing a great job. Thank I you. Agree. Thank you. And so just those of you listening in case you don't know who Mark Taylor is, he's our adult discipleship pastor. Just want to throw that in there. So you work with ages 18 to 29, and again, for some of those who may be listening, that actually entails two different um, descriptors of people, right? Yeah, that actually lands us uh, millennials and the start of Generation Z. So how would you describe those two um, people groups So, for someone who, you know, is older like me who may not know what you're talking about? Yeah, so millennial is – depends on who you Google and type in and what you land on. But for the most part, it is from 1981 to 1996. So we're talking hmm. ages 38 to 23 years old. 
That's okay. millennials. Right. And then Gen Z is 97 to present. Okay. Uh, so we're talking 22 mm-hmm. on down yeah. right now. So we're we're just starting to get that. I can't comprehend that there's people who were born in 1997 <laughs> who can, like, be part of a ministry. Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah. They're beyond yes. high school already. Yeah, like, what, what happened wow. here? <laughs> They're kind of one in the same, but not... You know, we're we're working with a a group that's kind of getting lumped in as like society wants to lump them in as this. This is who they both are. These people, but they're actually when you look at it, come from two different hmm. spectrums almost. Now, where they get closer to each other, that's probably where they're a little more one in the same. But on the other ends of the spectrums, it's you're dealing with post Gen X. Um, hmm. start of dial-up, coming mm. off a tech boom, that kind of stuff. So those are some of those millennials. They're not okay. uh, that young. That would be me. That would be my age, 36, and my wife. We came off that. Uh, we were still doing landlines and dial-up, and right. the Internet was kind of the new thing oh, yeah. to have in the houses. Uh, and then the far end of the spectrum of millennials were cell phones start of mm-hmm. everyone having a cell phone kind of thing that that era so that's kind of the help kind of put it into perspective a little bit because i think we <clears throat> we naturally just jump into this well the millennial is this person mm. and it's well let's let's pull it back a little bit this is who they are and mm. this is gen z and this is who they are and that kind of thing so yeah so would you say that those labels are really just a starting point Right. Because everybody who's a millennial is a different human being. Right. And there's a big difference within that. So would you say that these labels, whether it's Gen Z or Gen X or millennial or baby boomer, like that's just really a starting point. And then it has to be like about relationship and finding out where that individual person is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That just lumps them in a category. Mm -hmm. And then you get to kind of and I, I say that their home life, their parents, their grandparents, those those people actually influence how much on what end of the spectrum they are in each one of the, their categories, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, <laughs> it's funny, before I came here, I was just verifying those date ranges again because they change about every six months. <laughs> you go online, you're like, okay, okay I guess now I'm not a millennial now. Nope, nah, I'm back in it again. <laughs> and so it was 1981. That's when my wife was born. And she looked over at me and she goes, nope, don't put me in there. I am not a millennial. <laughs> Walked away from me. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, it's that that is a starting point for it. Let's that's a good way to look at it, I think, for a lot of us is let's take a step back. That does not mean that they are this what society wants to label them as. This is just the years that they were born. Mm-hmm. But having said that, we were talking a little bit earlier about learning to speak the language of the people mm-hmm. that we're with. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> are there some distinctions that you think are helpful for you to know? in order to better minister to them. Yeah, I would say, um, so the best way best way I can put this is, millennials grew up with MTV. 
Mm-hmm. So if you want to think of a language... Is that or, when they were still playing music or... Yeah. Sorry, I'm a Gen Xer who grew yeah. up with MTV. Yeah. <laughs> there was music up until a certain point and then it, it went away. Now it's just garbage. Yes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> As my dad would tell me about my music when yeah. I was a teenager. This right. isn't music, this is garbage. It was garbage uh, back then too. Yeah. It was just catchy garbage. Yes, yeah, so it was yeah. just catchy. Uh <laughs> So that kind of Gen X, millennial, early millennials. You think, you, you think, um, you think MTV era. Okay. Um, so um, you start just kind of going through the pop pop culture, mm. and looking back on that, you know, Saved by the Bell, uh, <laughs> Full House, you know, all these cheesy shows that you think back on that mm-hmm. kind of define and put them into perspective. Mm-hmm. The <clears throat> other end of the spectrum where it's millennials and gen z's now you're talking they're immersed online social media is now a presence cell phones are a commonplace you know when you talk to them about the internet they instantly look at you and go you mean wi-fi and like yeah well there's wi-fi is a product of the it's the internet that drives the wi-fi you know so and texting now is a big thing on that end of the spectrum. So shorthand, you know, that's where that language now is starting mm-hmm. to like, they all talk this weird language. I don't understand it. You know, mm-hmm. what is LOL and all those stuff. And they, you know, the baby boomer, boomers and uh, later Gen Xers are just confused by all that. Um, I still am. I have to look it up half the time. So <laughs> I'm admitting that I'm even yeah. lost in some of that stuff. So that kind of helps Put a for the language barrier, or just kind of puts them in. These are their worlds now. Mm-hmm, this is right. how what they grew up with. This is what they're interacting with. So it's not that it's a bad thing. Right. It's right. just this is their worlds. And what was your world when you were growing up? Mm-hmm. It consisted of you know you name it and put it in there. If you talk to them about that world, they would look at you like. Yeah. You're you're talking foreign language to me. I don't know what in the world you're talking about mm-hmm. here. So yeah, and that's something that we've talked about before, and I've talked about even from main stage, is the idea that if we send a missionary overseas, the first thing that we teach them mm-hmm. is the culture and the language. But for some reason, we're resistant to do that when we talk about local missions, mm-hmm. right? So when yeah. we look at the millennial generation or youth in general, we say, well, they need to get on board with the way that we yeah. do things. And we need to stop getting them to act so irresponsibly, quote unquote, the way we yeah. see it. But why don't we take the technique that we do with other people groups that we want to reach and yeah. learn their language and learn their culture, not to be fake or pretend, but to understand them yeah. so that mm-hmm. we can better understand, explain Christ in a way that um, that is understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to put it is we have to understand what are they dealing with? What's coming across their screens? What are they interacting with each day, every day? So that we know this is how, you know, we want to go into battle prepared. Mm-hmm. So we need to know and understand it instead of just saying, you're silly, drop it, you need to grow up, that kind of stuff. And there's value in understanding this thing so that we can be better prepared to provide the answers to help them to equip them. So here's mm-hmm. one thing I think, here's a good example of something we talked about before that might help uh, those of us who are older, 
uh, relate to the younger generation. You talked about something called status cling. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah, status okay. cling. I was about to say static cling, but that's different. That's, some, that's your generation. <laughs> that's my generation. That's your generation. I was wondering why that sounded familiar. <laughs> I know, right? So what is that? Like, explain what that is and how that affects. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's not static cling. That is what the dryer sheet uh, clings to your clothes when you pull it out of the dryer. No, this is yeah. status. We know how to solve that problem. Yeah. It's, it's snuggles. <laughs> snuggles. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this not is... a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is a status cling. And what basically what status cling is, is so millennials and Generation Z is obviously growing up in an era where everything happens online. And so they're seeing multiple things happening. They're seeing friends interacting, friends doing things. All this stuff is happening, and so they start clinging to the statuses, Mm -hmm. the status of the things that they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so they're only seeing, you know, most posts online or on social media are of the good stuff. Rarely do you see the stuff Mm -hmm. of the struggles or whatever. So people naturally cling to that. Oh, this person has a great life. They've got it all together. Man, Mm -hmm. my life is horrible. I haven't done anything. I'm just a waste. And so they just start clinging, which is this slippery slope of um, going from a place of this is fun to get catch up with people to this, oh, no, now I'm addicted to their what they're doing and why they're doing it. And now I'm creating anxiety in myself and depression. Uh, Then anger slips in Mm -hmm. and they start getting angry at life, Hmm. at things that are happening. Uh, They're seeing news posts and they're reacting emotionally versus processing and Hmm. getting all the information. That might be one part of what has happened, but that's not the whole story. But they cling to that one thing that they saw, and Hmm. that's true to them. Like, that happened. You know, the old funny saying is, well, I saw the news report on Facebook, so it must be true. Right? Right. (laughs) You know, and uh, no, not not really. (laughs) We're finding out. Uh, So this this status cling has created this whole Hmm. other area of just, I want to say trauma. They're creating so much trauma in their life of this anger, depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. uh, and they just don't know how to function every day. They're just chipping away at themselves unknowingly. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they've come to a place where their value is based on the best version of what they see in someone else. Yes. Right, or comparing themselves to the best version of what they see on someone else. Yeah. Yeah, and this. that's really that is quite different than how we grew up because it wasn't replayed over and over again. So, like, if you didn't get invited to someone's party on the weekend, mm-hmm. you would hear about it on Monday, and you might see a picture two weeks later once they sent that film off to get developed, you know, because it <laughs> right. wasn't it wasn't instant. It was blurry. Yeah, and it was blurry pictures, but like it wasn't const- It wasn't there forever. You know, it wasn't in your face. People would talk about things and you may feel left out for a moment, Mm -hmm. but it didn't it didn't continue. Like you just said, that's that's really powerful of how impactful technology can be in a negative sense. Yeah. Yeah. As Um, 
And I think you're right. I think those of us who are older, you know, I have two daughters that are Gen Z. I think I said that right. Yes. And I think sometimes my initial response has been like, well, just forget about it. Like, go do something else. But like what you're saying is you it's hard to because it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's right in front of you and it will continue to be in front of you. Yeah. And so, again, this is kind of a question that Doug asked a little bit earlier, but I kind of want to maybe dovetail into this a little is, so how, how does the church in general help these age groups get connected to faith? Like what... What can be done to, I hate to use the word make it palatable, but to make it relevant. Like how how can we not, like what Josh said, not say, well, you just need to do it our way. Yeah. But how do we do that in a way where they feel included, like we can be appealing to them? Yeah, the, the short answer is we have to live life alongside them. Mm-hmm. We have to sh- we have to counteract what they're seeing online and developing in their head as this is my new reality. This is my life based on that status cling. And we have to how do we counteract that? Is we we bring actual reality, you know, surprisingly reality TV is not reality anymore <laughs> <What>? nowadays. <laughs> what? Uh, the first one was on MTV, by the way. way. Yeah, yes. MTV, yeah. Oh my goodness, that was scripted all along. What? <laughs> the unreal world? Yeah. Yeah, the unreal world, yeah. Um, and help them see, you know, we didn't have it all together when we were your age. Mm-hmm. We didn't you know, we probably got fired from X, Y, Z, and however many times we got fired from that, from different jobs. Or, you know, I had one really great relationship, but there were a whole lot of bad ones in mm-hmm. in the mix, and I messed up. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, in all that, I was able to grow and sustain my faith, and this is where I am now because of these people that built into me and poured into me and helped me realize the power of the written God's written word the bible that sits here for us and it I know it's you know to them it's they look at that book and it's sitting on the table and that's a thick book mm-hmm. why you know how am i going to how am i going to get through this thing or understand this thing it's old it's outdated you know you hear any number of ex- I don't want to call them excuses. Any number of reasons why they don't want to do that, but it's just let's let's take it one th- step at a time. What is one thing that is mm. just crushing you today, and let's get through that. Mm-hmm. Let's not try to jump to the finish and then come back and put the other pieces together, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's the short answer on that one is we we have to live life out in front of them and alongside them. Mm. We have to be an open book to them. We have to open up our families, mm-hmm. our houses. We have to just get back to kind of, I want to say it's an old school method mm-hmm. <laughs> of faith. And that's just basic discipleship. Mm. That's walking alongside them. And it may, you, you know, the big thing that we keep saying with the uh, those that are coming along and wanting to help out lead in young adults is, you know, you might you have to you have to understand you might be the person that has the one conversation with them and someone else does the long work with them. Right. You know, you can't come into this thinking you're going to be in it and you're going to walk with them. 
Um, this isn't high school where they're, you're going to be with them all the way through 12th grade. Mm. You don't know how long you have these young adults with you because their world is changing. Mm-hmm. They're going through college. They're getting different jobs. They may be Their job may move them somewhere else. So you you reap whatever time you do have with mm. them. Sometimes it might go all the way till they're 30. They might be here from 18 to 30. Sometimes it might just they cross your path for a few months or a year, and then they're out again. So um, it's be very intentional in that time that you do have with them. Pour into them, plant the seed so that someone else can harvest that later. Yeah, so the real answer to the problem of the generation gap within the church is not necessarily programming, although church programs can help, of course. I'm not trying to be negative about that, but it's really about doing the job of what the church was intended to do, where you don't stay with your own people group, right? Where, like, people who are a little bit older are reaching down and investing in the next generation, not, not as a volunteer position, but as a, I'm going to invest in this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the um, one thing that I wanted to kind of speak into today is this, and that this might be something we can discuss a little more later, but, you know, we have to start with the end in mind mm-hmm. here with mm-hmm. this, is that they are our future leaders. And what is a leader? A leader mm-hmm. is an person of influence Mm -hmm. and it's not a positional thing Mm -hmm. it might develop into a positional thing and helping them understand that too because they're they think leadership means i'm the top Mm. or i'm middle management or i'm you know those that's how they view leadership but leadership is influencing people and we can influence people at all kinds of levels we can be the lowest person on the totem pole so to speak but still be influencing people mm-hmm. and so helping them see that. And so if we start with that, that end goal in mind and helping them get to those places and to start doing those things, we're better, we're setting them up better off the start than we are just saying, you need to do X, Y, right. Z, <clears throat> then go check in with someone over here and then we can have you come be a part of this kind of because they mm-hmm. just they don't want to they don't want to come in because they some of them don't want to come into the church because they're just I don't want to there's going to be this checklist they're going to tell me I'm not qualified I can't do this and mm-hmm. or I don't know the bible enough or like no that's not it like I I feel bad for that you thought that way I'm so sorry whoever did that but come along I have yeah. a much better view to give you than that one mm-hmm. and welcome into that so yeah and thinking of them as our future leaders not only makes it more accessible to them but it changes our attitude right yeah mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people go into it going how how do we fix these kids yeah, yeah. they don't need to be fixed no. they need mm-hmm. to be encouraged and mentored yes. and invested yeah in. yep. Yeah, and that's the, you know, I'm going to use my family as an example. Um, I love them to death. So if they're listening to this, I love you guys all. Okay, (laughs) do not crucify me for this. Uh, But being the youngest, I can can actually um, not resonate, but I can understand young adults and how they feel when they're walking into this. 
I'm now in the real world. I'm being told what to do and how I need to get, achieve it and all these kind of things. I was the youngest, so I'm constantly having my older siblings, hey, you know, when I was that age, this is what I had to do to get to where you were. You know, mm -hmm. I had that, and I finally, like, something inside me was just like, no, that's not, this, that's not the way it is. Like, I think there's value in that person's age at their current time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that once they're 40, then they're valuable to whoever or the church or to their business or to whatever it is. There's value in them where they're currently at. Mm -hmm. Do they need to develop? Are they going to make mistakes? Yeah. Yes. You, I can guarantee you they're going to make, I made plenty of them. <laughs> uh, so, and I, I say that all the time to the young adults. Guys, I made probably mm -hmm. far more mistakes than you have already mm -hmm. made. So let's just, let's just put that out there already, you know? So mm -hmm. that kind of gives me this drive in me to say, no, I think we, there is value in them. They come cause oriented, they multitasking like nobody's business. <laughs> they can do so many things in a matter of five minutes that we can probably do in one thing in the five minutes. Uh, you know, they're, I think when we say they're questioning absolute truths, I think that's a good thing. Their questioning is not a bad thing. Right. It's a good thing. They're seeking truth. Mm. They're seeking answers. So let's not mm. fear that. Mm -hmm. But let's... But on the flip side of that, let's not let them find that answer somewhere else mm. because they're going to find that answer somewhere else. Mm. So let's take the initiative to help supply that answer. Let's combat mm. what they're seeing day in and day out on their phones, in their world, on the news. Let's be that light into that, that darkness. Right. That's good stuff. This kind of reminds me of, you know, Paul and Timothy. Yeah. You know, when he was saying, hey, look, don't don't let them, you know, disregard you because of your age. You know, mm -hmm. you it, it's going to be a little tougher because you are younger, but that doesn't mean that the gift's not in you and that the ability to influence isn't in you. I, I like your um, that definition of leadership is influence. Yeah. Um, and you're going to influence people positively or negatively, uh, consciously, unconsciously. So if you can direct it in a good in a good way, yeah. uh, obviously you can make a difference. I like again that idea of them being um uh, having causes um yeah being very um passionate about those kinds of things um well the good thing is that uh this discussion is not over um the uh, next podcast that we do we're going to have some uh young folks with us yes and we're going to do kind of a panel i'm kind of excited about that um I'll make sure I bring my glasses so I can read my questions. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the end of this podcast, um, you're going to hear some information about how to get connected uh, to the young adult ministry and what's going on. And uh, David is going to is going to give us that information. So usually you hear us talk about care ministries and how to get connected. But for the next couple podcasts, there's going to be information about um, how to get connected to our young adults ministry here at Brookwood. Yeah. Anything? Any last words from anyone? We just appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Looking forward yeah. to next yeah. time. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. Mm -hmm. This has been, I love talking about this. So I could talk for hours yeah. on this subject and just the future is amazing. So I'm excited for it. Good deal. Well, let me pray for us and then we'll, uh, we'll go. God, we, <clears throat> we thank you for 
life, Lord. We thank you for uh, the sacrifice of your son. And uh, God, thank you for um, giving us time and space to meet today, Lord. I thank you for David and his heart for uh, young adults, God. And I just pray that you'll continue to grant him wisdom uh, and compassion. Lord, give him influence. As we talked about being a leader, Lord, give him influence uh, over uh, these young people, Lord, and to, to start a fire in them and to spark something uh, that could, uh, Lord, spread across the world, Lord. Um, you, you tell us that with you all things are possible. So, God, I just pray that we'll learn our dependence upon you, but that we'll also recognize your greatness as you do things that only you can do. And, God, I pray that you will reveal yourself to us in the, the coming days and weeks. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. If you'd like more information about Brookwood Young Adults, email youngadults at brookwoodchurch.org. You can call me direct at 864-688-8289 or find us on Instagram at Brookwood Young Adults and Facebook search Brookwood Young Adults. we're examining, are we on mission? Are, is working all those hours to provide? Wait a minute. Did you say examinating? Yeah, that's what I is just that a noticed word? it. I, I say examinating. Examinating. You just coined a new right, phrase. That was great. And you said right, so I, I was laughing. Examinating. examinating. I like right? that. Right? Examinating, right? No. <laughs> that's what a doctor does. I'm going to get examinated. <laughs> <laughs>